If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to this hour of Football Full Circle. Joined by Joe Lisi this hour. He's the co-host of College Football Today, along with my compadre, George Kurtz. Joe, first of all, how you doing, bud? How's, uh, how's the summer going? How are things in New Jersey? Uh, things are going well, Mike, from a, from a summer perspective. Food, great weather, but then uh, a big week of college football in terms of news. Tumultuous week, so we'll see how it plays out uh, in the coming weeks of July. Yeah. So, look, there's no easy way to transition. It's been a massive week in college football. I think news continues, will continue to spill out over the weekend as we are recording, filming these shows. So news is breaking by the moment. And the big one was really with the Big Ten, right? Uh, We expect similar news with the ACC and the Pac-12 to be announced. But the Big Ten is really the one that put it on the line And here's their official quote. Uh, The Big Ten Conference announced that if the conference is able to participate in fall sports, men's and women's cross country, field hockey, football, men's and women's soccer, and women's volleyball, based on medical advice, it will move to conference-only schedules in those sports. Joe, this is something that was rumored to be happening potentially to these Power Five conferences and beyond. And now this cinches it. They had 28 different FBS opponents scheduled outside of the conference. So those games all sort of go away. But did you, ex- I mean, I, I, I assume that it just got to the point where we, we expected that this is the best we were going to do. 
It was the best that I guess we were going to do. I think what I was surprised about, it started with the Ivy Leagues earlier in the week where they canceled the season completely. But then the Big Ten didn't take into account any of the other Power Five conferences, the SEC, the Big 12, the Pac-12. I mean, they were completely blindsided by the uh, development. So that was where I was surprised. You would think that with these big games on tap, Oregon, Ohio State, in terms of September 12th, Michigan and Washington, Alabama, USC, on the on, in terms of SEC Pac-12, they all have huge repercussions by their decision. And for them to just take the front and center stage in terms of the lead, I was shocked by that. But again, we'll see how it plays out. Everybody wants to be first in terms of, you know, showing that they have a plan in place. But this could have a domino effect in terms of not playing a season at all. So, George, Joe brings up an interesting point in that they want to be seen as a leader here. Uh, but there isn't really a plan in place. This is a reduction of games, but this isn't really, this is how we're going to do this. This is how we're going to get past this. This is just, look, this is the best we're going to be able to do. So uh, we're not making people travel that far around the country. Yeah, I think Joe used the, the important word there, domino effect. I wonder if this is the first domino. It's an important word in that, set, in that little uh, statement they made there. If the conference is able no doubt. to participate. They're not even saying it's definite there, but as Joe was pointing out to me, you know, the first thing, oh, yeah, we're going to play a full schedule. You know, we'll battle through. Now, conference only. Next would seem to be, that's it, we can't play, it's canceled. You know, and I wonder if this is going to start other conferences looking at the same thing. I don't think the Ivy League sort of was the first domino. I don't, because I think Joe brought it up in a tweet earlier this week, no one cares. You know, for the most part, very few people cared. Now this is bigger. And I wonder if this is going to be that now it's other conferences will be looking at it, oh, the Big Ten. They may not be the biggest conference, but it's still the Big Ten. It's still a major conference, and I wonder if that's going to force other people to think the same things. It's what I keep saying that how does the NFL play or college football play if Major League Baseball has to cancel their season in mid-August? How do you then justify, oh, yeah, we're going to play anyway? How do the other conferences justify continuing their schedule? They're at a conference schedule. If you already have one conference that says, you know what, it's not safe, we can't do this. Yeah, there, there's some sense, apparently, from SEC institutions that they were a little blindsided by this this week. They didn't expect an announcement like that. But given the fact that the ACC and the Pac-12 seemed ready to follow suit, uh, I don't know what other choice the SEC had. It, it would have put that, Al that Alabama-USC game on ice and many others that were scheduled as well. You know, I, I would push back a little bit on the thought that the Ivy League doesn't matter at all. Granted, look, there are some Ivy League players that make it to the league, right? We still have Ryan Fitzpatrick playing there, and there's uh, Cameron Braid and other Harvard players, and, and probably a couple of other um, Ivy Leaguers as well. I believe um, uh, Jesper Horstead, the Bears tight end, I believe he's Princeton. So anyway, there's a few players that make the NFL. I understand, and everybody watching understands, they're not a premier football conference. However, in my experience in working in and around college athletics and with college athletic departments, the Ivy League is still seen as a prestigious conference for the history that they've provided and obviously the academic guidance and the commitment to student athletes that they still put forward in a very real way, in a, in a much more real way, frankly, than the Power Five conferences, which are big business operating as if everybody is still a student athlete, right? We can agree on that. But I do, I have noticed in my experience that the Ivy League is still seen as somebody that they look to 
for guidance on these issues. Now, Big Ten's going to play football or try to, uh, even if the Ivy League doesn't. That That is a separate uh, issue. But I will say that once the Ivy League did say something, Joe, eh, I, I think it led other people to be like, you know what, we have to say something and do something about this. I think to your point, the biggest thing is that the Ivy Leagues are private schools, right? And we're talking about state local schools like LSU, like Alabama. That's the biggest difference because it, it directly ties to the local economies. I so think that's fair. You know, Alabama not playing four games, let's say most of them at home for the most part, for out of conference, right? Oh, that yeah. They, yeah, one of them would have been in Dallas. The other three are home games almost. Right. So almost that, that has a direct impact on the local state economies. And that's the biggest difference, I think, between the Ivy Leagues and the Power Five conferences. But to your point, from a health perspective, they do take every precaution because they can afford to. I mean, at the bottom line, they're smart institutions. They charge a high tuition and they want to protect their student athletes and they're doing the right thing. I just think that the other power five schools, when they look at the big picture, they're saying, hey, it's not just our university. We have a, a possible effect where in 2021, like Stanford, we're going to drop 11 out of 36 programs. And there are other programs that are going to be hurt by this decision. And, and where do they go from there from not just football, but other varsity sports? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Stanford in the next segment as well. But it's an, it's an important point. It's all part of this discussion and the reason that some of these decisions are being made. George, I'll, I'll take you to the next pathway on this specific discussion about the Big Ten. And it is regarding a quote from Gene Smith. Now, Gene Smith is the athletic director at, o at the Ohio State University. He is amongst the most powerful and recognizable athletic directors in the whole country. If you were doing a ranking, he could be number one. Uh, Kevin White at Duke uh, amongst them as well. But I would say this quote here from Gene Smith, I'm really concerned, this is via Ari Wasserman. Ari Wasserman is the Ohio State beat writer for the athletic. I'm really concerned, said Gene Smith, when asked about his optimism that football will happen in the fall. When you look at the behavior of our country, and we and in May we were on a downward trajectory. Now, if we're not the worst in the world, we're one of the worst in the world. There's additional quotes from him, but him saying he's really concerned, George, this may all be for naught. All this planning is might just go down the tubes. We've all been talking about it each and every week. We've been on this roller coaster ride where, look, we said two months ago, George, you and I said, no way. Then a month ago, we're like, you know what? 60% chance this might happen. Today, uh, my confidence is very low. And I think it's accurate, right? I think what we're trying to say, it changes almost by the week or by the, the bye week, you know, multiple weeks here. I'm of the belief, I think most of these sports, Football I might, might be a little bit different, but baseball, hockey, basketball, they're all going to try and play, mainly because they're three weeks away. Right? So I think they're going to try. Football, you're talking more seven weeks away, almost two months away. So we'll have more information then. I think they're all going to try and start. I just don't think any are going to be able to complete it. Football, this virus is made for football. I know the NFL actually, the NFL actually believes the virus will bend to them, that they can change this. How are you going to change a huddle? How are you going to change a tackle? How are you going to change blocking? All the padding you have that's dirty as all as, as anything. I mean, this is the virus is made for football. I don't see how they're going to be able to get through it. You, I think planning is good. You want to try and start? Fine. Plan everything out here. But what did we see in baseball last weekend? They screwed up all the tests. 
all the tests were screwed because there was a holiday and the testers didn't show up at certain ballparks. Football, listen, they better learn from baseball's mistakes. Baseball keeps, make, keeps making them. Football better learn from them and not think, well, we're the NFL. We're better than everybody anyway. We don't need to pay attention. Yeah, there's one positive out of the baseball. There's only a 1.8% uh, positive rate on the intake testing. But as you said, tests are being delayed. There's a lot of logistics that still need to be worked out. Players are testing positive, then negative. So all of this stuff is is happening in real time. Football does have the luxury of watching the mistakes play out from other leagues, but they may ha they may may be at the disadvantage of watching other teams or other leagues fold before it even gets to them. Uh, again, Joe, I, to back to George's point and what I was saying earlier, I, I really don't have a problem with them planning to do different things. I think it's indicative of the fact that they're being diligent about all of this. This is what it looks like with fans. This is what it looks like without fans. This is what it looks like with a full season. This is what it looks like when we're only playing conference games. So I don't really have a problem with them planning it. And people can say, this is ridiculous. It won't happen. I think you have to act as if until the moment where you say, you know what? Everybody isn't safe and we're not going to do it. Even if it's down to the last day and they're ready to kick off. If you say, we're not doing this. I'm not having the student athletes travel. We're calling it off. I'm frankly, I'm okay with that. I don't think it's a waste of time to plan ahead and try to act as if. No, you have to. I agree with that point wholeheartedly. And, and with Ohio State, Mike, they were affected by the COVID test this week. They had a, an exorbitant amount, a high amount of COVID tests. They, they uh, suspended voluntary workouts. So they were in a position of weakness where maybe they stepped forth to the Big Ten and said, you know what? We're taking charge. We want to play the season, but it's got to be conference-only games, and this is the best way it could happen because maybe they did see the writing on the wall. Yeah, and look, these players are reporting this week. You're watching this show on the weekend, and the players are reporting July 15th is the day when – the formal workouts are allowed to begin. They move, Normally it would be later in the summer, obviously due to the shutdown of spring practices, they moved it up to allow for extra time. And now, unfortunately, it seems to be going right back into a wave of outbreaks within several teams, certain states, obviously. And uh, now we find ourselves in this position. I was talking to a friend from an ACC school, uh, an athletic administrator in an ACC school, their players report on Sunday, two days before workouts get started. It's pretty dicey, but we'll come back talk more about this Stanford specifically after this right here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Back on the grid, along with Joe and George, right here on Football Full Circle. Follow us all at SportsGrid and on uh, on Twitter and at SportsGrid TV on Instagram. Joe can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Go for the Two. George is at George Kurtz right there on Twitter. I'm at Mike Blewett. So please feel free to send your your hate mail to George only. Uh, all your nice comments directly to me, and I'll I'll siphon them down as necessary. So. Uh, we were talking that about that way. Other- I keep getting that hate mail. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a it's a highly concentrated uh, percentage of hate mail versus positive. I get it, but uh, look, what am I going to say? So uh, ACC, we talked about other conferences. The ACC has delayed fall sports, and via Brett McMurphy of uh, uh, Stadium, ACC football also expected to play conference only games. Sources told Stadium last month, ACC Commissioner John Swafford, who's the outgoing commissioner. Uh, told Stadium if Power 5 schools played conference-only schedules that ACC would assist Notre Dame with as many games as it needed. They already had six games on the slate. We'll get to them a little bit more in the moment. But, Joe, you brought up something interesting during the break as we were talking in terms of wiping out non-conference games. So bring up what you said about the Syracuse-BC game. Yeah, that's week one, and they're ACC opponents. So if they're only going to play conference games, does that game get pushed back to October? Do we start the season October 1st and and give these kids an opportunity? Nobody really knows. And we talked about Notre Dame. They have six games on the schedule. That could force them into joining the ACC specifically if that decision is made. So there are residual effects, and not just from the schools, but from the gambling aspect. Some uh, some books, FanDuel in particular, put up the week one games. I mean, they're going to have to pull those back now because those half of them are non-conference. So there are repercussions. And how does that affect the wagering aspect, not just week to week, but the college football playoff as well? Mike, keep in mind, it's a, a top heavy type of dominance by these power five teams. You look at Ohio State, they were 10-0 last year in the conference, won by 33 points per game. They're 43-4 over the last four years within the Big Ten. Clemson, 49-4 against ACC opponents since 2014. They won those games last year in the ACC, 36.7 points per game. LSU by 22 points per game, and Oklahoma by 15.7 points per game. Oklahoma's only lost four conference games since 2015 as well. So if we're going to have a college football playoff, you can only look to maybe five or six teams to crack that because conference games matter. It's sort of the way it is anyway, though. There's really not a lot of teams in the mix 
every year, and they very rarely lose the out-of-conference games. However, some of the teams have played these, have scheduled these marquee games, right? Ohio State, Oregon was going to be exciting. I would have liked Alabama over USC, but that's not a cakewalk, certainly for either team. Um, and it does take away some of those interesting ones. But, George, to Joe's uh, other point about this, just take the Syracuse-BC thing, since he, he brought it up, and it's my alma mater. So be it. They play on September 4th, which I guess that's a Saturday before Labor Day, right? Then the BC is scheduled to host Ohio University, then go to Kansas, and then host Purdue. So their first conference game was September 4th, three non-conference, and their next game, Clemson, at BC, October 2nd. Now, the fact that it's a conference-only schedule, you wipe those three games out, you have to start moving things around, but, you know, it's stacked for teams like BC that maybe weren't going to have a huge season. Now they are in the conference-only gauntlet. It's like everybody else, so it's, it's equitable in that sense, but... Uh, it certainly doesn't line up the way they want, and schedules are going to get shifted around, even conference-wise, to make it more or less favorable for other teams than it otherwise would have been. Yeah, I mean, Joe mentioned you could push it back to October. Now, you could do that, but do you want to do that? Once I was going to say no. I would say uh, lop, lop off the November games and yeah, move them in. That's where I'm going with this, because once again, we live up north. Cold, or getting colder. And that's when they expect the second wave to hit. Assuming we're out of the first wave by then, which we may not be. It may not matter. But either way, they expect it to get worse again uh, in the uh, Northeast as the, as the year goes on. So I would think they wouldn't want to do that. They'd want to get the, as many games in as soon as possible. So I, I would wonder the opposite if they could. And you have to jerry the schedule. Who has games for you? If you want to move those games up to September, if you can. And get the, once again, get the season over with as soon as possible. So I think they would do the opposite there. But I, listen, I do understand the theory there of letting them start a month later, too, to get things under control more. If you're not ready to play by September, by the first Saturday in September, you can go both ways here. But I think if you want to get the games in, you got to start as early as possible. Uh, dude, I say, Lisey, I say 10 weeks, no buys. Let's do it. Like, if we're going to do it, we just got to get this thing done. Like, we've got to it, get it over with. You want to give them one buy, all one buy? right in the middle of the season, fine. But uh, at 10 games, they should be able to do it. A lot of the teams have an early bye and don't really get a break after that anyway. They play eight or nine games in a row. Right. I, I'm, I'm for that. Let's kick it off. But the problem is, is that what is the internal uh, mandatory, you know, uh, incubation period? I mean, you know, if a player or you have a handful of players that have to wait two weeks, well, if they're starters – that's going to put a huge detriment for the offense or defense for a respective team, right? So that's why I say let's start it later. Let's get in eight weeks. October, November, we're done right at Thanksgiving, and then now we could have conference tournaments one, you know, December 3rd. I mean, that's the way I would do it. It saves them more time. We're going to inch it up. Players aren't even ready at this point. I mean, it, it, the more I talk about it, the more insane it seems. Honestly, I'm just being honest. Live show, I'm saying I'm talking through this. This is crazy talk. I don't see well, how they're going to be able to do it. I have never seen how they're going to be able to do it. And this doesn't change anything. You can make an argument both ways. Joe's argument makes sense. I understand where he's going. No, I, I get it. I just I, don't I, think people are going to stay able to, I don't think you're going to be able to stay a star of the, the COVID. 
the virus. It's going to come back. What are you going to do then? You lose anyway. And I think no matter what they do, they're going to lose. I don't think, no, you can't beat this. The virus is going to win. Uh, I, I just think if you want to get as many games as possible, you need to start earlier, as early as possible. You know, if that's week one of the season, it's week one. You know, I understand they won't be ready. They won't be. We know they won't be. But uh, if you wait, you might lose those games completely. You might have a five-game season. You know, once again, it's what I worry about with baseball, that I, I jokingly have the over-under on August 18th. I don't even think we'll get the football before baseball has to cancel. And once again, college football, how does college football or any college sports justify playing a season if a non-contact sport like baseball has to cancel? How do you, how do, you do that? How do you justify that? Well, the, ele the elephant in the room that we haven't even talked about yet, there's no kids on campus. Right. They've been saying, they, athletic directors, including Notre Dame's athletic director, who we'll talk about in a moment, has said, if there's no students on campus, we can't play football. It's a terrible look. It's going to be an even more terrible look when everybody now knows, all right, we just need this for the cash. So let's run these guys out there. Uh, 10 games. Uh, we'll bastardize this season. But whatever. Who cares who the national champ is? We got paid for the 10 games. That's sort of all it's about at this point, Joe. They're going to have to figure it out because it's not just that. What are they playing for? I mean, what's the selection process? I know. And that's another factor that people are going to want to know. Like, obviously, okay, you have five teams that are undefeated. How do we differentiate which is the stronger conference? Obviously, SEC, Big Ten. Now the Pac-12 goes undefeated. What Are they going to have an argument? Do we just take the, the four best teams? Independents like Notre Dame are hurt huge with those out-of-conference games. They had an out-of-conference game against, uh, uh, well, technically Clemson that they'll still play, but Wisconsin in Lambeau Field. I mean, that resume builder, yeah. I mean, that hurts. Oregon needed that game against Ohio State 100%. and Washington and Michigan. So that that is a huge impact on those schools. We mentioned the economies and, and the college football playoff, the Heisman, they're all affected from, from this decision uh, moving forward. And unfortunately, other sports as well that we'll get into. Yeah, so ACC Commissioner John Swafford has said at the League Adoption All-Conference Football schedule for 2020, Notre Dame likely will be in the mix. Irish already had six opponents on the docket. We mentioned that earlier. That's uh, courtesy of David Teal. He covers uh, ACC for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. So, uh, George, again, this is uh, we're, we're, I, I hate to keep going in circles, but you know this does start to put, as Joe said, it starts to the walls start crumbling down and you're saying, well, how are we going to do the Heisman? How are we going to, are we even going to do the conference championship games? Do we just play it like the, it's the English premier league and we'll just play the regular season games. And then we'll figure out who makes the tournament from there. Or do we just say we're scrapping postseason? We just need these games on TV, but the, the payout for the, the, the football, the college football playoff is massive too. They don't want to give up that money. If they're playing for this money, they're going to want to play for that money. I think what, we're, what we have to understand, what fans have to understand, and this is not just college football, it's NFL football, NBA, NHL, MLB, MLS. This, this season is now screwed up. At this point, you want to be entertained. And if you want to be entertained and watch these games and have them play, we're going to have to accept some weird stuff's going to happen here. All right, you're seeing you know what? The MLS, the two teams now can't play, right? Dallas and Nashville, I think it is. Yeah. They got crushed by COVID. MLB has done some weird rules. They're going to play 60 games. You know, the schedule is bastardized. We're going to play 10 games against one team, but seven home games for one team, three for the other. 
It makes no sense what they're doing. The same thing's going to happen in college football with all the voting, with everything else. You mentioned Heisman. You can go on this with NFL, with MVP, baseball, with Cy Young, and all this other stuff. You're going to have to accept that it's really guesswork. Because the schedules are going to be uneven, not what they're supposed to be. Some teams are going to play very hard schedules. Some teams very soft schedules. You can give it different percent or different weights depending on who they're playing. But in the end, the most important thing for us as fans is that we want to watch the games, be entertained, root for your team. And I think that's what it's going to be. You're going to have to accept that. You know what? There's going to be some weird stuff happening, stuff you're not going to like, but you're going to have to accept if you want a season to be played. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? Um, what's the percentage now that we can get through these? Let's just take the Big Ten, since we know they're playing the 10 games, conference only. What's the percentage that we're able to get through all of this? Give me a percentage. I'd say right now, I'd say 50-50, because the other fact that we didn't even throw this in. The group of five schools that are going to lose money, group of five like the MAC conference. Absolutely. It's a really good point. Teams like FAU, they're going to wind up possibly suing the Big Ten because they didn't confer them. So that's revenue out of those schools that they're going to lose because they canceled the game. Now, the the pay-for-play games. Right. So if it goes to court, what happens then? Does that put the season on halt until we figure this situation out in the Supreme Court? Hope they had a pandemic clause like Wimbledon did. Wimbledon is just looking like geniuses through all this, though. Every sport in the world, nobody has pandemic insurance except Wimbledon, and they cashed in. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Uh, 50%. That is generous. What did you say? I got one in three. You got 33%? 33, and I think it's it's going down almost daily. Yeah, I'm under that. I'm under that. I, I don't even know if it's one in five. We'll come back with more depressing football talk on Football Full Circle after this on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva, 
Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Back on football full circle, the COVID edition. <laughs> it's uh not the optimistic edition. No, we're doing our best, but it's been a rough week uh, for everyone. Football is like the least of a lot of people's concerns. I understand that, but um, we're trying to get through the news as best as possible. And uh, well, I'll do. There's two stories really in this segment. One is, we referenced it earlier about the Ivy League and the Ivy League deciding to cancel all fall sports. They are talking about Joe playing football in the spring. Um, The Ivy League has the benefit of trying that because of the reasons that you've mentioned. It's not necessarily tied into the local economy. It's not as big an impact on the individual institutions, the amount of people that go to see the games, everything else. Um, But the they are looked at as a little bit of a guiding light within college athletics because they have so many sports they have like 40 sports that they put on it's the most of any conference by far uh, pac 12 is close but nonetheless ivy league puts on all these sports and they would conceivably just move it to the spring would you did you think that was ever a reasonable plan i, I didn't think so for the power fives because i thought all the draftable players would say peace out i'm not playing it's not just the players. It's the television revenue going up against March Madness. Who, who would televise the games? And the you know, playoffs. Yeah, yeah you, you, you have SEC football, Alabama, LSU, uh, April 1st. Uh, that's on CBS usually for the most part. Or uh, Georgia, Alabama. Uh, that's an SEC game. Channel 2, you know, CBS. Same They're, night as the Final Four, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that is a huge monkey in the room that no, or elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. And the Ivies can afford to do that because they sort of set themselves uh, aside as the conference. They decided to play Friday night games to get the exposure, get the eyes on them. I wouldn't mind seeing an Ivy League spring football, but a Power 5 game, specifically just a Pac-12, they're going to lose members. They're going to lose players. If the Pac-12 takes a stand and says we're just playing in the spring, you're going to have possibly potentially top 10 draft picks like Keaton Slovis saying, well, why, why do I want to play in a conference that doesn't get any recognition? I might transfer. You know, I'm a, I'm a top 20 pick potentially in the NFL draft in years to come. I'm not getting the exposure I need. I want to play on a winner. That could be the residual effects of that decision as well. And you know the SEC is, not, is going to be the last to give in to spring football. Yeah, and George uh... – what everything that Joe said is certainly a possibility. I also think those draftable players just won't play. Um, plus, you're also potentially having two football seasons inside of an 11 month period, right? You'd have these guys playing their 10 games or whatever in the spring, taking a few months off. September, assuming we have a vaccine by then, September 2021, they're kicking off again. So you're having those guys play, let's just pick a round number, 20 games between Feb 1 and Thanksgiving. That's, I mean, nobody's doing that. 
No, no. nobody's done that. No, the pros, pros would, don't do that. Pros would be up in arms. If well, they wouldn't do it. I mean, they just wouldn't right, do it. Right, they just wouldn't do it. So how can you make college kids do this? I mean, that's ridiculous. Wouldn't you have to then cut both seasons in half? Really? To give them some break? I mean, make one season six games, one season five, or six and six, something like that. And you don't want to do that, right? Because you, you, assuming next season we can have a regular season, you want to have a regular season. You don't want to make that a bastardized season, too. You just don't want to do it. So I don't I – don't, once again, I think when, they, when these – colleges or conferences are talking about a spring schedule, they're not thinking of the ramifications. Joe already brought up the financial ramifications. Who's going to watch? Because obviously if you can play, well, then March Madness can play. The professional sports are playing. So you're going up against everything. And there's a reason the TV rules everything, right? Because they have the money, they control things, and there's a reason they told Major League Baseball, no, we don't want you playing in October. We have other stuff in October. We want you to end in September, just have your playoffs in October. We don't want your regular season there. You know, we got other stuff. TV rules everything. And they're going to tell them, no, well, we have other stuff. We have golf championships, tennis championships, ma- college basketball, the NHL, whatever's going on there. We don't want you here. We can't make the money. We won't pay you as much here. So it'd be a complete mess. But the most important thing, really, and I, I keep saying this over and over again, guys, who watches out for these players? Who is thinking, oh, God, they're going to play 20 games in nine months. Can't have that. Yeah, it's <laughs> there's I mean, there's, the spring football thing, Joe, also brings into play what you're we talking about earlier in that, like what happens to the awards? What happens with uh, who plays in the college football playoff? You would be a limit if the Pac-12 hypothetical said, you know what, we're not going to take part in all this stuff. We're just going to do spring ball. Then it jams everything up as far as the college football playoff is concerned, which I understand to some people watching, seems like a pipe dream. To others watching, saying, what's the problem? A few guys are going to get sick. They were just going to push through this. I, I just think college athletics are going to get really sensitive to it at some point. And even, look, uh, you know, I, we're laying a lot out there. But uh, for one conference, they really would be isolating themselves to do something like that. They would. And here's another uh, potential scenario that that just raises its head is the fact that you know, you look at these conferences as a whole, and the SEC in particular, and you look at the Pac-12, there can be the lead, and I've said this, that this season should be already postponed for the most part, is going to lead to super conferences. It's going to lead to conference realignment. Make no mistake about it. The SEC is not happy about this decision, but you have other schools playing in other conferences that could possibly jump. If we see Notre Dame jump to the ACC, we could potentially see Texas join Texas A&M in the SEC. We could see Oklahoma jump to the Big Ten. This was a huge discussion about 10 or 15 years ago, and now this opens the door. And let's keep in mind as well, what about the group of five teams? Teams like Boise State, Central Florida, if they go undefeated, they're going to want to have their say in terms of the possible college football playoff season this year more so than years past. Does that open up expansion for the college football tournament as well? But they'll even have a less of an opportunity to play those marquee opponents, right? Like a Boise playing out of conference, they're not going to have uh, playing a Mountain West schedule only doesn't really give them that opportunity to have any marquee wins that would potentially boost them. So um, since we've been talking Pac-12 and talking about these other things and we're talking about the cascading effects of, of losing football, uh, one cascading effect, which I think, to be honest, and my experience in working with college athletic departments, 
was going to happen at some point, but the pandemic and its impact have made it a more shorter term priority is Stanford cutting those 11 sports like Joe mentioned earlier. They had 36 sports. It was the second most in FBS. I actually don't know who the most is. Uh, my alma mater actually always carried a lot of sports. That's always been a, a discussion about BC potentially cutting sports. But the reality is Stanford is cutting sports that were producing Olympians and big-time athletes uh, in some of those non-revenue-generating sports. So there is a competition called the Director's Cup. The Director's Cup is a measurement of all college athletic departments across the country, D1, that measures their success of their athletic departments top to bottom. Football, basketball, down through golf, field hockey, swimming, the whole kit and caboodle. It has been around since 1994. North Carolina won that first year. Stanford has won every time since 25 years in a row. They are the most successful athletic department top to bottom in the country, and they're doing it. So, George, it obviously states that there's a revenue issue here. There's always been a revenue issue here. I think people see so much money being thrown around at the conferences. There is a suggestion that these departments are flush with cash, but the reality is they aren't. They have a lot of staff. They have a lot of coaches. There's a lot of support that goes into it in order for them to be successful, new facilities and everything else. And the revenue they bring in really doesn't cover what they're doing. Stanford was expecting, due to COVID, a $70 million shortfall over the next three years. Without COVID in the mix, still would have been in the 35 to 40 range. It doesn't matter whether they're flush with cash or not. Think about it. Think about what, what did baseball do? All right, when, once the game started to be canceled, they were firing employees making 30,000, 40,000. Yeah. Their minor league is making $400 a week. These are billionaire owners doing this. College is going to do the same thing. Well, where do you go after? You go after the, you mentioned the non-revenue generators. Those are going to go first. You know, you're not making money on these things anyway. So where can we save money? It's all it's it's running a business. And I'm not saying I wouldn't do the same thing. Maybe I would. I like to think if I was a billionaire, I'd have the, a heart. But you never know. But you, uh, in colleges, you're going to look at the bottom line. Go, oh, we can cut this. This is not making any money for us. We got to cut this. Seventy million lost. We got to make up some money somewhere. You know, we don't know if football is coming back. We don't know if anything's coming back this year. Hell, we don't know if it's going to come back in the spring either, for that matter. But they're going to look for any way to cut costs. Any way. I said, we've seen the pros do it. You don't think college is going to do it too? This is not surprising to me in the least. Yes, Joe, Stanford will still have 25 Division I varsity sports. Those sports can compete on the club level. Uh, it is possible that a donor, and Stanford has obviously very wealthy donors, could come in and save a sport or two or three by fully endowing it. That would be expensive, but uh, depending on the sport, perhaps doable for said wealthy person. But um, And look, 25 sports is still a lot larger than many other Division I schools. Most SEC schools don't have as many as 25 programs. So Stanford would still be carrying a large number of sports, even though 11 less. But the fact that it's Stanford, Mike, right? Stanford has a recognizable name, and they made the decision. If there's, let's say, ADs or SI departments on the cusp, and they're starting to look at their bottom line and their revenue sheet, and they're saying, you know what? If Stanford did it and they were proactive, we should be doing it. 
and that's going to be the residual effect of that as well, or, or totally the ultimate decision. And and schools like the MAC conference, unfortunately, you're going to see huge hits because there are a number of schools in that state of Ohio that really football drives the bus for the most part, and they they really depend upon those games against Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa to get that you know nine hundred thousand dollar paycheck. And without that revenue coming in, teams like baseball, water polo, soccer, they could be cut immediately for not yeah. just men, but women as well. Yeah, there was a, absolutely. This, this Stanford cutting of sports affected a lot, 11 teams and a lot of athletes. They will honor whatever players were on scholarship for uh, the remainder of their time at school, which is a solid thing to do. But long term, they will be saving money. So the one-two punch of Ivy League and Stanford, I really think put a lot of athletic administrators on notice. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Hey, closing out this hour of Football Full Circle. Uh, thanks to Joe Lisi for joining us uh, during the earlier part of this hour. George and I closing it out here with a couple of little tidbits on the NFL. And we're talking a little bit about uh, fantasy football uh, as well, uh, which I'm sure many of you are going to be entering into drafts sometime within the next month. I'm sure you'll make some adjustments. We can get into that a little bit, too. But uh, one story about Matt Breida, George. Uh, the Dolphins have not engaged in contract extension talks with running back Matt Breida, according to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Um, Jackson cites the uncertainty of the salary cap in 2021 as the reason why, and the that falls in line with something I read earlier this week about John Robinson of the Tennessee Titans talking about that, that the pandemic has created 
and the uncertainty of the salary cap have created this delay on the extensions. It is ironic, considering we've talked about Pat Mahomes receiving a $500 million contract extension or a $450 million extension. So, uh, but I, I, we have said all along, it's got to be creating some issues uh, with long-term extensions. And here with Matt Breida, they signed a draft pick. They signed Jordan Howard to a two-year contract that seems like it's probably only going to last one season. Um, but Breida's only under contract for this year. He's being paid $3.259 million. They have not engaged with contract talks, so that probably doesn't bode well for him. Uh, but Matt Breida and Jordan Howard is a pretty decent one-two punch of uh, veteran backs here, George. It is. And listen, I think a lot of teams are going to sort of treat it like this. If you're not a superstar, well, then we're going to play a little cautious here. You know, we don't know what's going to happen with really with this season and obviously with next season. You know, we don't know if we're going to play with are fans going to be in the stands. Are we going to play 16 games this year? What's going to happen? Is the cap going to go down next year? How much is the cap going to go down? So uh, I can see why a lot of teams would play it very cautious with players that aren't superstars. And another thing, you know, Matt Brady, you think about someone like him, you trade it to a new team. They don't know for sure how he's going to mesh in in this offense with this uh, new team. He's banged up a little bit, too. And that was the next thing. He's only missed, looking at he's only missed two, five games over the uh, past two seasons. Not terrible, but man, Mike, he seems to come out of a lot of games. And uh, I, during the in-game live on Sundays, I see those of you writing down, Breida left game with an ankle injury. Always. You know, he left thinking of this. I feel like every, every week, Breida was always out with something. And that's going to be weighing on their mind as well, that his body may not be able to take the grind of a 16 next year's 17-game football season. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how this works out. But I can understand why the Dolphins are playing it safe here. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll, we'll track that. I, I mean, I think he's a better option longer term than Jordan Howard. But I think the combination of those two guys, along with – Miles Gaskin, Kalen Balaj, I think it's a pretty good quadrant of running backs. Certainly capable, and I think they're more about building up that offensive line and keeping Tua healthy. And, you know, we we both like the Dolphins to kind of compete this year. Yeah, maybe make that seventh playoff spot, but really, this is a two- or three-year build, and last year was year one. So that's it for Matt Breida. Um, only other story, really, that's come out this week that uh, – is of any notice, Seattle Seahawks, Shaquem Griffin. Uh, he's the twin brother of starting outside corner, Shaquille Griffin. He hasn't really claimed a starting role after a couple of seasons in the NFL. He's obviously known for uh, for having a missing hand and being this underdog story. Uh, but uh, right as of yet, he has not made a huge impact with Seattle Seahawks, and he could be on the roster bubble. What's interesting, though, George, is we've talked about these roster bubbles throughout the, pre, um, the offseason. And how the normal business of having the 90 players in camp has not really happened. Um, so it is interesting to see roster bubble players being discussed when there has not really been any competition for all these months to these players. Yeah, it's weird. They're actually talking about going down to 80. Yeah. You know, having 80. And I understand the reason why is because they don't. They want to separate the players. We're going to put all these players where they're going to be six feet away from each other. But they got to dress together, eat together, and everything else. I understand that, but what are you going to do when these injuries happen and COVID happens here? I, I wonder, are they going to do something like have a couple of football teams in you know, whatever state, Nebraska, playing? The XFL did that. The XFL right. had a ninth team practicing at all times as a reserve for any injured players that happened to the eight XFL teams. Thought it was a good idea. Does the NFL need to do something like that? I think it's 
it's worth considering. If I was a fringe guy, I'd certainly be thinking that this is my chance because a lot more players could go down for a variety of reasons. The What J.C. Treader talked about with the compacted offseason and injuries potentially spiking, A, and B, guys having to take two weeks off because they're quarantined because they showed symptoms related to COVID. I also listen, this goes for all sports, by the way. I think it's going to be a lot of players who get hurt. No rush to come back. Oh, the pole pulled hammy. Yep. I'm think, I honestly think at, even if my prediction of uh, a 25 spot worth of baseball players um, opting out, even if it comes up light, I think there's a few guys that are going to pull a hammy in week oh. one and be like, man, I'm not going to make it back. Or a few guys, not a lot. A lot. I think I think there'll be a decent amount. Pitchers, oh, shoulder. Yeah. My, my elbow's a little, little little wonky. Hurts. And I don't know why you can't see it in the MRI. It hurts. Right, yeah. Weird shoulder. You know, and then, so I think I see a lot of that. And guys, they're going to get paid, going to get their service time, and they'll be safe. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, George and I wanted to have a little fun with this last segment since I'm involved in an industry league. Um, Scott Fishbowl. It's a slow draft. And for those of you out there uh, that normally get together and you're, maybe you're in a couple of leagues, uh, but you draft and you're, you, maybe you have a draft party, which is fun. It's just really the, the genesis of fantasy football was kind of getting together to do it. But now you get to play with people all over the country. You can do it online. You knock out a draft in an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, you've done your research. You've done your draft and everything else. A slow draft is particularly popular with industry people that have to conduct a lot of drafts, obviously can't attend all of them in person all of the time, are producing content, are doing all these other things. I didn't do any slow drafts, George, until I got into uh, the fantasy football world in a significant way. I was always just drafting, even if I did it online and we knocked it out an hour and a half, two hours and we were good to go. But I love slow drafts now because it does not uh, take over my time. I don't have to schedule out a specific night, a specific two, three-hour block in order to draft a larger team. Um, I don't do auction drafts typically because they take a long period of time, and it's a dedicated period of time. So uh, here you go. With the slow draft, you can do an auction slow draft, I guess, uh, to some extent, but I haven't really... I, I haven't done that. Have you? You didn't do that? Well, you weren't in the league that uh, Jim Day Fantasy Tash set up uh, no, back when you worked on the other platform? No. That was a slow draft auction. Uh, I, that was why. I don't remember all the details, but that was a slow draft auction. I think if, if nobody bid on a player for like 24 hours, well, then the highest pick, you know, he'd have 10 players up for auction at once. Got and it. And if nobody bid on a certain player for 24 hours, well, then, hey, that player now became Mike Blewett's. You had the last bid, 24 hours goes, you got him for that price. And then so, whatever the next in line would put up a, a guy. So it, it worked out pretty. It was interesting. It was fun. So the slow draft really is useful for those of you watching out there when schedules can't come together. There's just no possible way to get everybody together. You can do a slow draft. You can communicate. Uh, some drafts can go really quickly in a slow draft, but you put a timer on it. It can be four hours. It can be six hours. It can be eight hours. You turn it off overnight so nobody gets screwed uh, in the midnight hours or uh, the wee hours Bro. in the morning. But, but anyway, um, it does it does also, George, present some challenges, as you just mentioned, pre-drafting. So if you see the pick is coming your way, you load up a few players, 
uh, and then it'll pick the guys the, the, who's ever left on that list that you've ranked. Um, but the problem is not everybody does this, right? Very few people do it. I mean, listen, I get it. It's a slow draft. And, you know, Dave Martinez and I talked about this earlier, and you and I talked about it during the break. And I asked you, do you take all your time? It's an eight-hour pick. Do you take all eight hours? And I think you said, no, but you should. And you're right. I mean, if you if you plan, I understand the logic. You take all eight hours in case news breaks. You, know, you want to take, uh, I don't know, you want to take whatever, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but, you know, maybe you don't take him in the first five minutes because you want to take all eight hours. You find out in hour seven, Aaron Rodgers breaks his leg. Or Devontae Adams is out for the year because he tears his ACL. Well, now you don't want Aaron Rodgers anymore. So I understand why you wait, Mike, but I, I never do. Uh, the only time I wait is if I'm talking, it's, if it's a tra- league you can trade in, and I'm talking trade with somebody. Other than that, I make my pick and I want to move on. I prefer live drafts. I think most of us do. I like to get together with the guys, girls, whatever. You know, whether it's just talking smack, hanging out with the, uh, the boys and whatever. I prefer live drafts, but it's rare nowadays. Everyone yeah. wants to do it online. And slow. if you're going to do it online, you might as well do a slow draft and take your time. Yeah. So here's the thing. I, I think you should have your your pre-draft pick lined up, right? But in the last two years, in this exact league, the Scott Fishbowl League, I have benefited from breaking news. Last year, it was the pick was leading up towards me in this slow draft, and Melvin Gordon announced that he was not reporting to camp. I think people had either already drafted their running backs or they missed the story. And I ended up with Austin Eckler, probably three rounds ahead of where he would have gone because I was like, he ain't coming. I'm picking Austin Eckler. And it was a huge win for me this year, this week, uh, Raheem Mostert announced that he was getting traded. It was about two picks before I was going, I now am the proud owner of Tevin Coleman. So in that sense, uh, the timing can impact, yeah. even though it seems like what's going to happen in eight hours. I don't know. One thing could happen in it's eight hours. news stories. It might always not be that Devontae Adams tearing his ACL, but we go over news stories here that seem insignificant every week. But you know what? Raheem Mostert requesting a trade that might not happen could put him in the doghouse, even if he stays on the Niners. Tevin Coleman gets the ball more. And then I got him for a steal in the seventh round. There will people take advantage. I mentioned the most frustrating to me uh, that drives me insane about a slow draft is the person on the turn. When, you know, they take six hours, then they finally make their 12th pick or their uh, number 12 overall pick, and then they take seven more hours before they make the 13th pick. You can't be doing that. Oh, my God. You know, uh, it it drives me insane. Once you make the first pick, please, for the love of God, make the second pick, too. So as much as you can wait it out for the news, don't wait it out for every pick. Just be ready to go. Have a couple of guys that you think are, are reasonably going to fit onto your team and just, just keep it moving. Keep it moving. If you want to do it for strategy, I get it. Don't do it for every pick. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to the guy. You don't want to be the guy that's taking eight hours for every pick. So if you got some guys you like, line them up. Uh, otherwise, if you don't got anybody, you hope somebody holds out and then you get their backup. So that's where I'm at now. Uh, I'm hoping to do a little fair a little bit better than I did in that league last year and not cut Ryan Dano like I did a week before he got the starting job and went off to have a three-month tirade on the NFL. But that's it. Appreciate you all watching this hour. On behalf of Joe Lisi, our producer Brian Rakowski, 
to George Kurtz, everybody else behind the scenes. I'm Mike Blewett. Thanks for watching FFC. We'll see you on the grid next time. Get on the grid. Take care. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.